0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of Future Ventures podcast. Future Ventures is a conversation series to deep dive into the world of venture building. This series is brought to you by Future Labs Ventures. At Future Labs, we're passionate about creating positive impact at scale for corporates, consumers, and societies by harnessing the power of latest technologies and business models. We build and invest in scalable digital ventures with corporates by combining the best entrepreneurial talent, corporate assets, and capital. I'm your host for today, Usman Lodi, and I'm a venture partner at Future Labs Ventures. And we have a very special guest today, Poyan Rajma. Poyan is the co-founder for Vargas Building Performance, which uh, provides an award-winning energy-saving solutions to climate control systems in commercial and industrial buildings, and helps them achieve energy savings of up to 40%. Uh, BBP, or Parkes Building Performance, has operations across Southeast Asia, China, India, and Taiwan. Koyan also serves as an innovation board member at Future Labs Ventures. Koyan, welcome, and thanks for being with us today. Uh, so maybe just to sort of kick things off Boyan, um, um, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background uh, and, and interests and specifically what, uh, from, from terms of your professional career, what, what brought you to, to the stage where you're at today? Oh, oh,
1: thanks so much and thanks for having me. Um, listen, I'm an engineer from background I, I really saw like solving technical issues, but my Passion in sustainability started when I was in California for an MBA at Stanford back in 2006 to 2008. Back then, that was the first wave of, of clean tech um, going. And I, I really wanted to build something in that space. I wanted to be, build a company that has impact. But interestingly enough, for, for people that may consider starting a company, I couldn't find the right idea then. Um, I joined McKinsey Consulting Company worked in similar fields and um, the broader impact and the energy space in, in, in terms of financial inclusion, etc. until me and a, another Stanford friend got together and, and effectively said, let's start a company in the, in the sustainability space and, and approach it very much in an MBA way, which is, okay, what are the fields that we believe in? And we evaluated all of them, solar, biomass, biogas, waste to energy, et cetera. Um, where do we have a knowledge track record and, and you know, a ability to make an impact? And for us, it was real estate sector. Then we said, okay, what can we do in this space? What does, what kind of impact does real estate have? So if you look at it in real estate space, 80% of all carbon emission is during operation of maintenance of, of the building. It's not during the build phase. In that, what is the biggest usage of energy? Well, it's air conditioning system. Within that, what can we do? We want to build a scalable business that effectively has impact. And that's how we came to to start the business we did. We effectively started a software business that helps existing air conditioning systems operate better, up to 30, 40% better, thereby reducing the energy usage and carbon footprint.
0: Got it. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Brian. Uh, very interesting. So um, so uh, so energy efficiency space is quite uh, quite an interesting one. And obviously, you know, we all know in terms of uh, sustainability is a huge ta- challenge uh, across the globe for, you know, obviously, uh, we're all in the same 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 boat, uh, including corporations, governments uh, and consumer, uh, you know, uh, people. Uh, so, um if you've looked at this space for a while and uh, obviously it's 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 uh, the challenge is immense right and uh, multifaceted so uh, from your experience what are the most promising solutions that you have seen in this space uh, uh, so far uh, and and which which really have uh, the potential to create an impact at scale
1: yeah, no, listen, I think a, a challenge for a lot of uh, people building ventures in sustainability space is to underestimate the business side of it. Now, luckily, the two worlds of sustainability and finance are converging, but still any sustainability solution that you are bringing to market must make financial sense. So the BBP, for example, um, what we did was a software that reduces energy consumption we we knew okay the software needs to integrate with the hardware on every building so we did a software hardware package and the business model was one where we installed everything for free and got paid a portion of the savings mm-hmm. now if you look at another space like solar i mean solar in my view took really really off when the business model around you know you don't need to buy solar panels but can have them installed on your roof and get paid a portion of the energy consumption or energy production. Alternatively, you can get paid in different ways. That's when the solar really uh, really took off. Now, there are, I think and I constantly look for technologies that do that. Now, again, um, the IoT space, the software space and all that has created new exciting companies that can do that, that can bring uh, solutions to market that makes financial sense while having an environmental impact. This can be on energy efficiency of air compressors. Uh, This can be on carbon capture, but not the direct carbon capture, but on smaller levels uh, tailored to an industry, uh, it can be membrane technology that reduces the need of boiling or, or energy consumption, et cetera. So these are type of technologies that make financial sense. And I know at certain point they can scale. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, very true. And I think uh, that we, we, do, we do see a lot of uh, uh, solutions come up and I think the, the uh, uh, now it's, it's all about sort of obviously commercialization and, and see how we can a- actually apply and scale those solutions. So, so you're very right. I, mean, I think that's a huge yeah. space. Yeah. I am a
1: great believer of you know what Bill Gates says and many others that, listen, the technologies that we need to reach net zero are already here. It's about scaling them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I am very obsessed with thinking through business models that allows existing technologies technologies to scale, and I think that's an underestimated uh, aspect of venture building. I think people are very focused on IP, you know, competitive advantage, et cetera, maybe not thinking as much that the same technology could work very differently in case there was a differentiated business model. Now, I believe that, you know, with carbon credits, for example, uh, you will have business models that allows for justification of investment in a different way, aligns interest between these different parties in a supply chain in a different way. Um, with you know, sustainability-linked loans, you can also, again, make this convert heavy upfront investment to an OPEX, et cetera. Um, so I, am, uh, I believe there's some, some, uh, some work to be done to kind of focus on that
0: yeah yeah no absolutely and and uh, speaking about that uh, it, in in terms of what you see out there today wh- what do you think are the major driving factors uh, uh, today mm-hmm. like as corporates embark on this challenge and they're look, looking at uh, new business model innovation um mm-hmm. uh, what other factors do you think that are actually forcing uh, organizations and and bodies to actually take the next step and to 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 really kind of like uh, you know uh, drive this initiative. Yeah. So one clear
1: driver is is the the, the pressure of financial institute, your banks, your private equity, et cetera, To invest more in, in green. Uh, in, in green projects or green companies, that in itself will create incentive for the companies to become more green. Otherwise, they can't get bank financing. The cost of capital will go up, etc. The other driver that you come is is that the carbon, the, the environmental reporting is getting standardized, mm-hmm. and as such, then exchanges can start uh, demanding that you uh, that you report your uh, you know, environmental impact, etc. And that in itself generates a way for, for investors, for external stakeholders to see how, how sustainable the company. And the third one is, and I think the, the, the most underestimated is, is the price of carbon. I think people have not internalized, what does it mean if we live in a you know, $100 ton, $200 ton carbon world. What does it mean in terms of where I produce my things? How I produce my things, how much I can ship them, etc. Uh, carbon pricing is 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 very new concept for for people. I mean, think about Singapore. Singapore has said that carbon will go from five dollars to roughly eighty in the next five to eight years. So yeah. something that you hadn't in your opex suddenly will sixteen fold over the next couple of years. Uh, so. I think again, um, financial institutes, uh, regulatory drivers on, 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 on reporting and, and carbon will be um, major drivers of adaptation. And I think there should be companies that are basically in that space to help scaling existing technologies that could also be interesting to build.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, very interesting. I mean, I think uh, it's uh, absolutely, I think. Uh, the 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 pricing especially the points you mentioned i mean i think uh looking at the supply chains and uh you know uh uh looking all the way from if you look at organizations today and from the scope 2 and scope 3 emissions uh i think there's a huge um uh, cost uh, that they have to uh uh obviously uh, uh look look at uh, in, in the future years but also how to kind of like when they go about re- reductions then there's a there's a there's a multifaceted challenge there to 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 actually work with their um, uh, sort of uh, upstream supply chains, uh, but uh, yeah. absolutely, I think this is this is quite quite an important point. Um, let's uh, maybe talk about a little bit about. I want to uh, touch upon your uh, experience with B, B-, B-, B. Uh, mm-hmm. and so when you were looking at, um, um, you know. Uh, uh, devising solution, what were the key challenges in adopting this impact-oriented approach uh, in terms of addressing the sustainability goals, uh, especially from, 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 uh, from, from corporate perspective? Yeah, uh, listen, when
1: we started this back in you know, 2013, 2014, sustainability was not as much top of mind. Just to make the point, we actually launched the company with the communication that this is a way for you to reduce your carbon footprint at zero cost and that pitch failed miserably because it was no one's job to reduce carbon footprint back then while we switched our communication and say this is a way to reduce cost while having environmental benefits that suddenly someone had a kpi to reduce cost, and we could talk to them and then you know the environmental benefit was a, a, a nice addition um And so that's what I'm trying to communicate when I say make sure it makes financial sense. Now, the last two years have been a a great shift in terms of there are companies who have budget to reduce carbon footprint as such. Now they're looking for ways to, uh, to do this in the cheapest possible way. But again, it's for cheapest possible way. If you have a solution that reduces carbon footprint, but it has a, you know, Eight year payback, it would be extremely hard to scale that solution. Um, so for us again, finding this, this the correct pricing point for us for our, our, our solution took some time. Meaning, okay, this is software, how much hardware do we need to add, how much services do we need to ask? Who do we finance? How do we finance this at the back end? This entire um, you know offering uh, took time. Secondly, uh, when you are, you are not a venture studio build, so we were, you know, a venture in the wild, there is a massive credibility issue. And I think that's where venture building with big brands can have a tremendous benefit. When you go as a new company to a building and say, let me introduce this solution for you. There are all these questions about, will this destroy my equipment? Will you be there next year to maintain this? Will you, do you actually do the savings that you say you do? Um, it took us years to build the credibility uh, to not to kind of go through these discussions over and over again. Um, while a venture built by a credible partner can, in, in, in theory at least, lean on the brand that, hey, this is something that we stand behind. It will not go away. You know, we will not, uh, we will do the savings, we say, et cetera. Uh, so that's where I believe the holy grail should be somehow to combine the, the speed and the kind of customer orientation of, of a venture with the big brand and delivery of of, of a bigger corporation.
0: Yeah, got it, got it. Uh, no, very, very interesting. Um, and now that you've seen, of course, uh, you know, working with, Large organizations uh, addressing the you know obviously uh, in, in in this specific case obviously the energy uh, uh, efficiency but um, but just looking at overall uh, the sustainability space, right uh, how uh, can corporate sustainability in your view be a source of competitive advantage for uh, major organizations and 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 to what extent do you think that the business model innovation can be a driver of adaptation.
1: Yeah, listen, I, th- I think let's start with the first part of it. I mean, the, I think corporate right now are tremendously underestimating the challenge to get to net zero or carbon neutral. Um, I think everybody, there is a lot of good intents there, but let's be honest, the road there is not clear uh, for, for everybody. Now you could look at it in several different ways, like, if you are not sustainable, you're actually carrying a risk that you may not be accounting for. As I said, your banks may not be able to finance you if you're not sustainable. You'll have a regulatory risk. For example, in Singapore, say a building, if they change one equipment, piece of equipment, then the entire building needs to be, you know, green mark compliant and sustainability certified. So again, if you're not a sustainable building, you have this regulatory liability that you're carrying forward now you can look at the other side which is if you're sustainable right now again less must be more in this if you're using less resources and you know that there will be a price to pay for carbon you will have a pricing advantage a costing advantage in 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 future And, and again your customers be it a consumers who are becoming more aware. Or be it other B2B uh, are increasingly demanding it. So think about it. When Apple says we want to be carbon neutral, Apple doesn't produce anything. Apple then goes to its supply chain and say, I want you to reduce carbon footprint. And that suppliers go to tier two suppliers and say, we need you. So this ricochet of requirements into the supply chain goes much faster than I have ever, ever imagined. Now that's, linked to that is now there's an intent, we want to do something. But the, the money required to, to invest in these kind of solutions are, are, is truly big. I mean, the first 10, 20, 30% carbon footprint, you can reduce at one year payback, you know, really to OPEX improvements, et cetera. After that, you will you know start hitting things that are have two to three to five years, Payback. And that's where, you know, green financing, et cetera, come. In. I think where the equation is unclear yet is this last chunk of you know, hard to abate carbon, expensive, et cetera. How are we going to finance that? And that's where I believe, you know, carbon credits, et cetera, will come in to supplement your traditional finance.
0: So, Man, you're on, on mute. Yeah, apologies for that. Uh, yeah, very interesting points. Uh, so go So So when we look at the uh, corporates today, what do you think is the, sort of the biggest challenges facing them for really achieving a truly sustainable business operating model? Uh, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of corporates today find it very difficult uh, uh to, to, achieve sustainable transformation, because, uh, it, even though it's talked a lot about, uh, in, in, yeah. but it's not, it's not, it's not moving the needle as much as we, we, we think yeah. it
1: is. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think the challenge for any corporation is, listen, I mean, we live in a capitalist system, meaning the corporates are judged by the quarterly results, you know, return to shareholders, etc. And I know there's the philosophical discussion going from shareholder value to stakeholder value, but let's be honest, right now, CEOs are hired and fired based on their financial results. Now, um, I do believe that you will see an increasing regulatory pressure, as I mentioned, and increasing carbon price to kind of bridge this gap of sustainability, intention, and financial results. Meaning, if you are not sustainable, it should reflect in your financial results. Only then we will truly see this. And 2030 and 2050 are not that far away, meaning that this regulatory ratchet will come up faster than people are, are, are predicting or hoping. So, right now, a little bit of this, this inaction depends on, you know. Unsure whether there are, people are unsure whether the regulatory environment will change, will remain the same. Multinational are operating in different regulatory environments, et cetera. Uh, the financial case for a lot of these uh, sustainability investments are, are unclear for people. Um, and, and as I said, it, it's hard to be, my apologies. Uh, it's hard to be uh, a first mover without true, uh, Without uh, without the surety that there is there is
0: a benefit in terms of share price,
1: you know, better yeah. yeah.
0: So so uh, of course the the current operating considerations and financial sort of target still very much kind of like the impediment for for uh, really. But I think uh, uh, as we as we see once once the the actual um, lever of having a sustainable operating model, once that starts to impact financial results, then that's really where we will start to see that, the-, the
1: my, my suggestion to corporation always is, listen, just stand up and say, we stand in 2030. Carbon is 200. You know, this is a, do we believe we will live the same world as they know? So carbon is at two to $300. Regulatory requires us to go towards net zero. What business model makes sense? And start planning for that you know, walking backwards. Because standing today at the current regulatory environment with the current carbon plants, it's very hard to start any discussion.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely true. Absolutely true. Um, Let's switch gears a little bit. I wanted to move more towards, uh, uh, you mentioned earlier, like how, you know, uh, uh, when when building uh, sort of innovation as a lever and looking at uh, venture building, uh, and, uh, you know, you were mentioning earlier, how um, uh, some of the challenges that new ventures face when when they're actually going to investors and when they're going to sort of build their credibility. Um, But looking at this, the venture mill, uh, sort of corporate venture building, uh, what impact do you think uh, corporate ventures would create in the next five to 10 years in in, in transforming the old school sort of uh, way of, uh, you know, uh, doing business. Listen, I think, um, the corporate
1: venture building or, or venture building as itself, is it's a relatively new, I mean, it has been around, but it, it has become much more prevalent in the latest years and they're bringing, or at least trying to bring some, 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 some sort of structure into a, a messy, messy process, which is the venture building. Just to give you an idea, you know, we spent almost a year. Evaluating our idea, you know, how should we go to market? What should be what should be our product? What should be the business model? What should be you know the communication and all that? And, and in a corporate venture, because you have the expertise, you have, you know, now people working in frameworks, etc., that can be shortened tremendously. You know, now I see within six weeks you have at least an idea, you, you process much more quickly. The second thing is uh, once you've reached scale. I believe then suddenly that uh, the ability to deploy, to maintain, to sell at scale from the mothership should kick in. Um, now, the irony is potentially how to find this balance, how to allow the venture to, you know, to move quickly and adapt in the beginning, but later support it to grow uh, at the scale that a normal venture is hard to do, and that is, you know, uh, I think it's still people are struggling with it. Um, but as I said, it's it's think about it. Now BUP is now in ten countries. In every country, we need to start a a new entity, hiring, figuring out tax, IT, back end compliance, ISO. These are things that are not. Critical for our business, that we needed to figure out all of that can become much much easier as part of a, a CVC program, at least in theory. Um, so I am, as I said, I, I do believe the future belongs to, to collaboration between ventures and and uh, startups. Now, whether it's more investment than collaboration, whether it's venture startups, is you know, it's up to um, it's still. To be decided. That said, in impact space, you have very, very few ventures. There are very, very few ventures that are of any scale. As such, for impact specifically, I think we need to kind of build ventures from ground up.
0: No, those uh, very wise words. I think uh, I-, I absolutely agreed. The, the The space and the challenge is immense, and I think uh, uh, the way we also see. I mean, it's uh, there has to be this partnership. Uh, between organizations, uh, corporates, but uh, but also these sort of uh, you know um, uh, speedboats of, of these new ventures who are actually trying to solve very specific problems and uh, have that collaboration. But of course, with with the rest of the ecosystem, including investors. So I think uh, uh, very important to to have all of those uh, uh, key key partnerships there. Um well uh, I think uh, this was uh, uh, this was great uh, uh, Boyan thanks for talking to us uh, really enjoyed the discussion and of course a uh, lot of uh, sort of points to take take with us and uh, uh, and for our audience to to see how we c- uh, you know corporates can actually uh, innovate at scale uh, and uh, 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 thank thanks so much for uh, being with us Thanks for having me thank you thank you